And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. Season 4 Vibes. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in. Wherever you're tuning in to this, the original, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show. You know the vibes. Scotty B. We're here. We're doing the Wrap It Up podcast. Shouts to you guys for tuning into this. You can follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander. You can follow me on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. You know, we got keys. We got all these things showing you where you can follow me. If you want to figure out different ways to watch this, the Wrap It Up podcast, because we do this live after each and every Toronto Raptors game, you can do so on Twitch. Just go to On Blast Podcast on Twitch, or you can go to the YouTube stream. That's where the conversation is the best. The chat there is full. That's how you support the podcast. Go to the YouTube page. Bless us with a like while you're there, because we're here to talk about Raptors basketball. Raptors lose this one, 103 to 95 to the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic and company. Tough night for the Raps on the second night of a back-to-back. They got Tim Hardaway Jr. in the second half. As he went for 22 in the second half, he and Luka combined for 38 points in the second half of this game. But hey, we do this show so we can break down, dig a little deeper. You know, try to discuss what's going on in Raptorland and why. Give you some reasons, break some things down. But of course... I always got to mention off the top, this is a wrap it up on Blast Post Game Show. This episode brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the only multicultural barbers keeping you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto. And give them a call, 416-917-4833, to book your appointments now. Huge shouts to Skip and the crew at Clean Cuts. It was funny. I was like, I got to stop by today, but I knew it would be too busy. So I got to wait, and I got to call them and book my appointment. That's just how it is. No matter who you are, even me. It happens. It happens. But huge shouts to Skip and the crew, and huge shouts to you guys as you tune in to this episode of Wrap It Up, if you're watching this live right now on Instagram, go to the link in bio. That will take you where you need to go so that you are able to comment on this show. Because this is about y'all as I mess up the shot completely. This is about y'all. As I get my shot back here, trying to move the camera, you know, Unpolished and unapologetic. That's what we like to say here on the Wrap It Up podcast. Because it's the facts, you know? I sit things back down. And now we discuss. Huge shouts to you guys for tuning in. I want to know what you guys think of the raps on the second night of a back-to-back. And also, you know, we talked about it last night. Right? We talked about the fact that you can't overreact to what happened last night. Just like I wasn't going to overreact to what happened on opening night and so here we are Toronto Raptors lose and this was an interesting game because it was a tale of two halves and I think 
if you go back to last year, biggest concern I had for the team heading into the season where people still had a lot of like real, you know, middle of the Eastern Conference type expectations. And my worry was about depth, right? We saw that play out over the course of the year. And now we head into this season. And of course, you look at it and you think, okay, well, you know that depth is going to be a problem, right? We all understand that depth is going to be a problem for the Raptors this season. But you see it in this game and you see it on the second night of a back-to-back where you know that this team isn't a team that, you know, without Pascal already, you're down, and that's going to be tough. But then add in the fact that you're already dealing with depth issues to begin with just because you got a super young team and it's going to be tough for them to to keep up. You know, you're dealing with a lot of kids and playing on the second night of back-to-back, that's something that you need to get used to in the NBA. And they showed this stat during the game, or towards the end of the game. I thought it was very telling. The record on the second night of a back-to-back. Last season, 3-13, which was 30th in the NBA. The previous three seasons, the Raptors were 26-11 on the second night of a back-to-back, which was first in the NBA. And again, you know, we can talk about a lot of reasons why, but I think the reasons why are fairly obvious. It's just depth. You go back to the success the Raptors had in the previous three seasons, and you remember there's a thing called the bench mob. The bench mob is really important because there's going to be nights where your starters just don't have it, but the bench is going to come in. They're going to give you that boost of energy. And the Raptors just didn't have a bench. They had a really good bench. A bench, in fact, that would come into the game and flip games. Flip games in the sense that if you were down, they could make a comeback. If you were up, They could extend a lead from 8 to 12 to 15. But either way, your bench was coming in and giving you energy because you had that advantage over most other teams in the league. So when you look at this team now and, you know, you're trying to figure out what your bench rotation is going to be, obviously it's still going to be different because Pascal's going to come back and he's going to be a starter. But you look at the bench tonight and there's just not much going at all. Shvi's coming off the bench. He led with seven points. We had Chris Boucher, who was a... Chris Boucher put in work last season, right? He was a key part of that team coming off the bench. He was able to give you good minutes night in, night out. Hustling, being on the glass, being an energy guy. Well, he was 0 for 5 in this game with zero points. And to me, that's... It's not concerning because it's still early in the season. But when you think of a guy like Chris Boucher, he kind of personified what you want from these Raptors in terms of a guy who was a hustle guy. Everything he got was from getting on the glass, playing hard defense, running the floor. And in this game, you saw some pretty bad shot selection from Chris Boucher. And you can live with the shot selection when the other things are happening. I mean, you still don't like it, some of the threes that he was taking tonight. But you at least, you're okay with it a little bit because he's doing the other things on the floor, right? Cool. So Chris Boucher struggling. A lot of people are are talking about Goran Dragic. And I don't know why everyone's so mad about Dragic, why he is seems to be like the, the ire of Raptors fans right now. I, I don't see him as being like that big of an issue. Plus, when you get into the fact, I, I saw my guy doing a lot of leadership type things in this game, which I thought was a, a, a vet move and something that a young team really, really needs. But let's go through the game. Let's go through the game, right? 
So again, 103-95, Mavericks win. And if you're Scotty Barnes, you're a rookie, you're going from one night guarding Jason Tatum, and then on the second night, you got Luka. Welcome to the NBA indeed, right? OG, who'd been struggling early on in this season, he was a huge focal point. And if you go to his first two games, games one and two combined, he had 25 points, was 7 of 35, and 2 of 14 from 3. That was OG Ananobi. That's combined in games one and two. Not that good, especially when you're looking at him as a guy who is supposed to be one of your main scorers, especially with Pascal Siakam out of the lineup. Well, in the first half of this game against the Mavs, OG came out and he was balling. He's going to the cup. He's shooting threes in rhythm. Didn't really seem to be forcing things at all. But it was a welcome sign to a lot of Raptors fans, especially Raptors Twitter, that was maybe a little nervous because OG was struggling. My guy had 20 points in the first half. 20. Again, first two games combined, OG and Anobi had 25 points. And I say that on 7 of 35 shooting. That's the first two games, okay? In the first half of this game, OG had 20 points. He was 8 of 10 from for field goal or field goals. Wow, can't speak all of a sudden. He was 8 of 10 from the floor and 4 of 5 from 3. That's what OG Ananobi was doing in the first half of this game. The problem with that is that he had three points in the second half. And this is, again, where you come into depth. Because it's easy to tweet out, it's easy to say on a podcast or say on a show or whatever, that, hey, this guy is supposed to be the man. But we never really get into what that actually means or how difficult that actually is. Like, it's hard to put in work and drop 20 plus a night and be asked to guard the other teams like top guys. Like we throw these things around a lot and you know, I've said it about me and having to readjust what a max player is in terms of what I expect from Pascal because the reality is of the things that we just say and we throw out about who's a max player, who's the man, who's the number one guy, it's hard to do in this league. And there's a reason why, you know, those dudes, those guys, there's maybe what? Five of them in the league? And not even that many. Not even that many. I'm talking about guys that you're saying are putting in work offensively and defensively night in, night out. So I say that to say this. OG is still learning. OG in this position that he's in, in terms of what you're asking him to do, which is carry a lot of the scoring load, and then on top of that, stop one of the other team's defensive players, that's a lot. That's going to be tough to do. And he struggled in the second half of doing that. But we got to remember, we got to relax, you got to chill on that, and you just got to live with it, because there's going to be ups and downs. It's going to be difficult for OG to do that. But again, 12 points in the first quarter, he was doing a little bit of everything, but I thought the, the storyline was the defensive end. The Mavs were getting nothing easy. The Raptors were showing their length, they're showing their athleticism. Luca was driving, trying to drive, and he couldn't get anything going at all. And you could tell that the length really bothered the Toronto Raptors. And I give the the Mavs credit for adjusting and sticking with it. But also the problem with the, with what happened was the Raptors' defense was so good 
but they couldn't get their offense going tonight. Because if you remember, the same thing kind of happened in the game prior. The only difference is Gary Trent Jr. was able to get it going in the third quarter, and that really, you know, blew the game open. In this game, on the second night of a back-to-back, you're looking around, you're waiting, who's going to be that guy to get the buckets, and it never really came. And that's what happens sometimes. It's tough, right? It's really tough to do on a nightly basis, and you're dealing with depth issues. And that's just the reality of what this season's going to be. And this is why, you know, the way that I talk about this game is I want to, or this season of the Raptors, is you want to see positive signs. You want to see positive steps. You want to see growth and development. And hey, the way OG came out, you show, it showed that it was possible. And that's key. Because the next step in his development will be consistency. That's how you make the, the next leap. The next leap is based off of what you can do consistently to get buckets, to put up numbers on a nightly basis, to guard Luka on one end, and then get your points on the other end. And, you know, you look at the stat line. I mean, the key's up there. The graphic at the bottom of the screen is there. 27 points for Luka, 23 for OG. But the difference in how those two guys did their thing was just the fact that when you look at Luka, Luca was in charge of just carrying the the whole offense. He was doing everything for the Mavs. And if he wasn't getting to the cup himself, if he wasn't getting to the cup himself, then he was at least getting an open look for Tim Hardaway Jr. And I think that's the key. That's the difference, right? Stats never really tell the full deal, right? And so you think about it, and at the end of the day, you take the positives. You take the positives of the fact that you went toe-to-toe with the Mavs, who are supposed to be, you know, a middle-of-the-pack team in the West. Um, Luka Doncic is one of the best players in the league, and I think, at least for a half, the Raptors did a pretty good job of keeping Luka in check. And there's going to be games like this, where the Raptors look good for a half, and then kind of, you know, they don't know how to win. And it's tough enough to win in the NBA, and it's even tougher to do it on the second night of a back-to-back. That's just the reality of the league. So that's why, you know, Raptors fans, the diehard Raptor fans that are going to ride with this team and watch, you know, every single game because they're like the diehard fans, you know, not just the people who are coming around when the wins are good. I get that, and I'm not knocking you, whatever, do what you do, whatever works for you, right? But I'm saying if you want to know, if you plan on watching all the games, I advise you to pick out things that you want to see on a night-in and night-out basis, and just take the wins as they come. That's the facts. And I think, you know, how would Scotty Barnes react on the second night of a back-to-back? How would Precious react on the second night of a back-to-back? Precious Atua, back-to-back double-doubles, I think that's really cool. Because he's a guy who you want to know how he was going to do in this situation where he's getting starter minutes on a nightly basis, right? And I think he's answered the call, back-to-back double-doubles. That's what you want from your big guy. And he's been active. He's been, you know, cleaning up the glass. He's been figuring out how to contribute and just being a huge body, being active. That's what the Raptors need right now from their big guys. And that's the thing where you look at a guy like Chris Boucher, who gave them so much of that last year, and you think, 
that what the goal would be, right? What the goal would be is that you have that with Chris Boucher coming off the bench and you have that where Precious starting. And so it's just a constant stream of guys being able to just outwork you on the glass. The key to the game last night against the Boston Celtics was the Raptors dominating the paint. Remember all those numbers we brought up from halftime of last night's game against the, the Celtics where the Raptors just controlled the glass, they controlled it for the entire time? That didn't really happen in tonight's game. And I think that was the main problem. You gotta use your strength. And the Raptors' strength is their height, their athleticism, their ability to, you know, just own the paint and control the tempo of the game. And the one thing that Jack kept stressing during the game that I totally agree with, once the game slowed down, everything became easier for the Mavs. Everything became easier for Luka Doncic to control the tempo, to control the pace. And to me, it's just a sign of what this Raptors team needs to be. And it's going to be tough to do because it's easy for me to say, hey, the way that the Raptors need to win games this season is they got to get up and down. They got to run the floor. They got to play defense. They got to do, you know, all these things. It's so easy to say effort. We talk about effort all the time. And, I, and I've been saying, hey, if you show effort on a nightly basis, you can be a 500 team. And it's true, but there's a reason why every team isn't 500 in the NBA, right? Because it's actually hard to do because not enough teams have depth. Like it's hard to play the high level defense night in, night out, and also get you buckets. That's why every team doesn't have a Kawhi or a Giannis or a prime LeBron, right? That's why even dudes that you look at as superstars, a Dame Lillard, right? A Bradley Beal. Those dudes put in work on the offensive end, but it's not like their defense is out here, you know, that everyone's talking about how great their defensive intensity is. It's very hard to do. So for these good teams, you need the depth. And the Raptors just, it's going to be tough. And, and it's going to take a while to figure out a rotation. How does everybody fit? You know, the Dragic thing, people are going to talk about it. I'm sure it's on Twitter. You're seeing Dragic kind of, being emotional in the in the huddle and he's kind of fired up and he's he's you know very animated and talking to guys but if you go to that point in the game in terms of what was going on at that time the Raptors offense with their bench just wasn't doing it at all it was just terrible ball movement it was just stagnant it was super slow guys looked like they didn't know where to be on the court and so you have a vet guy saying, yo, we can't do this. You know, there's certain things that you have to deem unacceptable. And so I thought it was really cool to see Dragic do that, especially in a scenario where we know what happened when the trade first went down and people were rattled about, you know, does he want to be here? You know, what kind of influence is he going to be? And instead, what you get is my guy trying to rally the troops and be that vet in the huddle, to me, that's a good sign. That's something that you want. But let's continue and get through the rest of the game here. Quick recap. Sorry, I'll be a little faster. Hey, it's early on in the season for me too, right? <laughs> I got to get used to doing this again. So as you mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, pardon me, the Raptors led 25-18 after one. Kristaps hit a, di a deep three to start the second quarter. He had 10 points early on in that second quarter. And the Raps go cold. 
I mean, they didn't really get hot. If you look at it, OG started five of six. The rest of the Raps were six for 25 to start this game. That's not a good look. Freddie, Freddie was trying to do his thing. Freddie played all right in this game. He was pretty, you know, okay. He had 20 points. He figured out a way to get to 20 points, which is what we've talked about from last season that Fred Van Fleet knows he has to do. And especially without Siakam in the lineup. So he goes eight for 17, 20 points. He's only two of nine from three. You'd want better numbers than that. The assists weren't really there tonight. But again, second night of a back-to-back. My guy's trying to pace himself. He is, you know, put in a very, very, very tough position. Fred Van Fleet is night in, night out. And he's trying. He's trying. And I know I say that. And every time I say something like that, I always think of the Josh Donaldson. This is the try-hard league. <laughs> but hey that's just kind of what this season's going to be there's going to be ups there's going to be downs so this is what i'm saying just take the good with the bad understand there's going to be the waves of the up and down and accept that so again huge shouts to the people watching this wherever you're watching on twitch on youtube again go to the youtube page youtube is the best place to watch this for sure And you know what? I always say I'm going to do this and then I forget to do it once the pod starts. But if you are on the Instagram feed, what you need to do is go to the link in bio, click on the link there, and it'll take you right to the YouTube page where you can then join the conversation there because that's where our OG fans are and that's where they're having a conversation. And I will take all of the comments and questions and, you know, do my best to to talk you through Raptors fans what just happened as the Mavs win 103 to 95 Raptors fall to one and two on the season they played DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls on Monday so I mean they got the bit of home games coming up now so you got to try to get your wins at home right use that advantage of the home court although I will say for Saturday night in Toronto I felt like the crowd could have been a little more hype just saying but story for another day. So I was talking about Freddie. Freddie was doing his thing. Found OG in that second quarter. OG has that massive dunk on Maxi Kleber, who I will only think of. Uh, I was trying to think of an ex- another Maxi, Maxi Priest. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm also thinking of Kleber getting dunked on by Kawhi in the playoffs last year. And OG put it on his head top tonight. But OG. Hit a three. He dunked on Kleber. Again, he had 20 in that first half. The other tough thing that happened in that first half, though, Scotty Barnes went down with a thigh contusion, I think it was. Quad contusion, pardon me. But then he came back. Didn't really look the same, but foul trouble was a problem. And, of course, when you're in foul trouble, again, that points to the depth. And what I'm going to try here is give answers as to why things are happening. Because I feel like... You know, in this era of Twitter or, you know, Instagram clips, we can sit here and we can throw out things like, oh, who's the man? Who's going to win MVP? Who's going to be the guy? You know, you hear all these things, but you kind of need to elaborate a little bit. Like, what do these things actually mean? (laughs) Right? I say this all the time. What do these things actually mean? You can say, oh, this guy's going to be the man, but what does the man actually mean? There's levels to that. Especially because you could be the man on the Sacramento Kings. (laughs) And what does that mean? (laughs) Not a lot. (laughs) It means a lot different 
than it does to be the man on the Brooklyn Nets, right? So this is what I try to do here. Try to explain some things, or at least how I see them. In the first half, OG was the man. He was doing it. He was playing great defense, and he was getting buckets. Second half, not so much. Second half, the Raptors' offense really, really, really struggled. And this is where the Mavs started to close it in. Luka Doncic started to get things going. Luka also ends up driving to the cup, and Luka tied it up, which I thought at the time, you know, he started to get things going. His confidence started to get going. It wasn't just about him trying to dribble and shake guys, but he was getting in the lane and finding other guys. 15-2 run for the Mavs, and, you know, that's what Jack was talking about. The game slowed down, and it allowed Luka to play at his pace. And you don't want to do that if you're the Raps. You want to speed him up. Because for him, we talk about how difficult it is to be the man. And if Luka is the man, what you do is you apply more pressure on him, right? You make him play faster because then he has to spend the whole game exerting so much energy and it's difficult to play at that level. Raps, by the way, finished this third quarter strong. Freddie with a huge alley-oop to Precious. Raps are only down two, 74-72 after three. But then Tim Hardaway Jr. just hitting mad threes. He was red hot. And that was basically too much for the Raps. They couldn't really get closer in this game. OG didn't have it again. He struggled. 20 points, as mentioned, in the first half for OG. Three points in the second half. Um, Gary Trent Jr., who had a massive night in Boston, he struggled on the second night of a back-to-back. 12 points, but just on three of 14 shooting, two of six from three. He struggled on his second night as a starter. But you're talking about young players, and it's going to be a learning process for this team. And people might think I'm, I'm trying to, you know, be be uh, negative when I'm saying, hey, calm down, calm down, relax. Just take the big win in Boston. Be happy and watch Scotty develop. And, you know, you might think I'm being negative, but no. I'm just being real with it because there's going to be up and da- ups and downs during this whole season because you're dealing with a young team. So the way that I look at this is, okay, so Scotty might not have had it going early on. He got banged up. He's playing on the second night of a back-to-back. But you look at the end of the game, 6 for 12, 17 points, 8 rebounds. You take that if you're the Raps, add in 4 rebounds, or sorry, what did I say? 8 rebounds, pardon me. And 2 steals just because? Sure. I just think, you know, these are the things you got to pay attention to. Enjoy the development. Um, Let's get to the comments, though. Again, Raptors lose 103 to 95. Let's get to some comments, see what the people are saying online. Uh, first comment here says, not mad at the loss because of the back-to-back and because Luka is hard to contain, but really need Siakam back to see what our full squad looks like. Monday is a must-win. Um, again, I mean, I see what you're trying to say here, but must-win how or why? Like, what really changes if they lose again on Monday? Again, what are your expectations? Those are the questions that you need to ask yourself, right? What are your expectations and how realistic are they for this young team? And I'm not saying this to tell you that, hey, they're going to be in the lottery. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just asking you what your real expectations are. And, you know, Siakam coming back, of course he's going to help. 
But there's going to be another huge adjustment to that as guys on this team try to figure out what their roles are. Who gets the shots when? Who is the leader of the bench? Who gets the shots on the bench? Who's running the offense for the bench? All of those things still need to be ironed out for this team. So it's going to be a process. Uh, next comment here. We need a good start in the season to have confidence and momentum. A bad start with all the competition in the league is going to be hard to climb from we won't win every game but need to improve look at pascal on the bench i can't wait till he's back he looks motivated yeah it'll be awesome to see what kind of pascal siakam we get coming back for sure tammy said i really enjoyed that last game <laughs> we all did tammy we all did uh glow girl smile on the second game of a back-to-back -back, raptors ran out of gas against the big lineup and couldn't get their fast paced game going not mad at that and, you know, the key there in that comment is, again, having to play fast. And that's just hard to do on a nightly basis with a lack of depth and young players. Because young players have to learn what it takes to win in the NBA. Vets know how to handle a back-to-back. -back. Vets know how to pace themselves in a game. All of these things, right? And for the kids, you got to learn that stuff. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, we need a bench mob 2.0, right? That's what I was talking about for sure. Uh, oh, I moved down too far on the comments here. There's so many comments as I scroll down. I keep moving uh, too far down and then it, the, the page jumps. But Aisha says, Utah may give the bench a boost when he's back. Shvi has had two disappointing games. Um, yeah, if we're relying on, on Shvi to, to be a key contributor, I think there are bigger issues if that's the case for sure. K2's Garnett. With Scotty having such a big impact, I know it's only three games, but what do we do with him when Siakam returns? That is a very good question. Does Scotty Barnes still start? Do you have him come off the bench and kind of be the leader of that second unit? Do you have Gary Trent Jr. go back to the bench and kind of be able to give you some scoring pop coming off the bench? I mean, hey, this is why Nick Nurse and Masai get paid the big bucks, but that's going to be very interesting. How do you handle that? It's going to be very interesting, and it's a great question. I don't know yet what I would do. I think I need to see more from Gary Trent Jr., need to see more from Scotty Barnes, and, you know, who else is going to emerge in terms of what your second unit is going to be because I think that might play into it as well. Because right now you got Birch, playing the five and Boucher playing the four. And I know there was a lot of talk about this last season about wanting to play Boucher at the four. And it's very interesting to me because I felt like he was able to play the five a lot coming off the bench and use his speed and athleticism to out rebound the other team and just be super active and bouncy on the glass. When he's playing the four, it gives him a little more opportunity to be on the perimeter and just settle. And hey, maybe that's a mindset thing. And maybe there's a world, there's definitely a world, not maybe. There's definitely a world where he's able to do both. So Raps need to figure that out for sure. Uh, what else we got here? Wow, there's so many comments. I keep losing my spot here. I'm trying to read them all. But that's the goal. I always try to read all the comments because I appreciate you guys so much contributing to the show. And we want to have a conversation for sure about everything that's going on with this team. Uh, here's a comment. Raptors battery just died in the fourth. 
It was really miserable to watch. Also, who's going to the bench when Pascal is back? Scotty or Trent Jr.? <laughs> Everyone wants to know that. I think, you know, it might be interesting to have Scotty come off the bench because he can then have full a full reign of that second unit. Right? He can play, he can do it all and really help those guys get easy baskets. He can take whatever shot he wants with that second unit, you know. You might need Gary Trent Jr. to to still start so that he can space the floor for Siakam and OG and uh, for Precious. It's interesting, though. It's very interesting. And I honestly don't think there's a wrong answer. There's going to be scenarios or maybe, you know, matchups will dictate it. Because the other thing that's very interesting right now that I'm seeing is that when you look at Scotty Barnes, he's getting the matchup against the other team's best guy. And if that continues to be the case, you know, if, if that's what's going on right now, that would indicate to me that when Siakam comes back, you still want Scotty to have those assignments because you want OG maybe to give you, to be able to give you a little more offense scoring. And maybe if he's guarding the second best guy, right, he might have a little extra boost to score. I don't know. Super interesting. Catherine says foul trouble was a factor tonight. Some were really silly, uh, but we already know how those are. True. Very tough. Very tough go for the raps. Uh, foul trouble wasn't good at all. Scotty was in foul trouble. OG had five and a couple of OG's fouls were completely avoidable. Wasn't really a good look there for OG at certain points. T tough night for him in the second half dealing with foul trouble. And then if OG, Freddie, and Scotty are all in foul trouble, I mean, that's going to do damage to the Raptors' chances at winning. Uh, where else? Where are we here? Uh, K2's Garnett says, We will be okay. I don't think Siakam is going to take up a lot of empty possessions. He will initiate a double most nights. Then OG will not have as much pressure on him to score. Interesting. Uh... Next comment, best to get their chemistry going as to play as they play more games. They can only get better. Totally true. Look at this lineup, right? You got a bunch of new guys. You're trying to rebuild your whole entire bench. Um, Scotty Barnes is going to be a major part of this team, and he's got to get used to this team. The team's got to get used to him. Lots going on, right? Be patient. It's early. It's actually early. It's three games in. What else do we got? It's hard to create a turnover when Luka is toasting us every possession. He's just different. Well, I would argue they did a good job in the first half. Right? Luka, Luka was getting busy in the second half. Don't get me wrong. You're only going to slow down Luka for so long. But I think the pace of play was something that was very interesting. You know, once that game slowed down and you're playing at Luka's pace, it's jam done. You need to play fast against that that team. But especially for the Raptors, your advantage against most teams is your length and athleticism. So you got to use that. You got to get in passing lanes and turn over the other team regardless of who that other team is and who the players are. It's the only chance they have to win. If you're in the half court and the Raptors have to be dealing with the half court offense, they're not built to really do that and, and have it be sustainable for the full game. They're not built that way. It's got to come on defense. It's got to come on defense and fast break points. Uh, more talk about Siakam. Siakam will be much needed for his defense and scoring. 
which will bounce someone to the bench. Utah will be necessary for the bench too. A lot of calls for Utah. I think Utah just brings energy, right? Just brings energy. And I think as much as I'm saying that about the starters, the bench needs to do that as well. A couple comments here. Growing pains, but it will get better. Raptors will be a dynasty team to come. I think a lot of Raptors fans are hoping for that same thing. Uh, Keith says Porzingis is stealing a living with his contract. I tweeted out during the game. I'm pretty sure Andrea Bargiani could give Porzingis a business. Like prime Andrea Bargiani, the way that we remember him and kind of the like laughing stock figure that he became, it's kind of unfair, right? Like he's still putting up like nearly 20 points a night for the Raps. Luke, I mean, Porzingis is like a complete non, I shouldn't say a complete non-factor, but like, the keys are there for Porzingis to drop 20 a night. And he's just, ugh. Like, he barely touches the paint. He missed, like, a bunny that was super easy right under the rim. I don't even know what, yeah, it's, it's just not a good look for Kristaps at all. But I always point back to when the trade went down. And it was rumored that the Raptors were in on that. They were in on it. But there were medical concerns. And all that's happened since the trade was that Kristaps keeps getting hurt. And then even when he's healthy, well, he's not in the paint getting rebounds. I'll tell you that much. He's just, I mean, he hit some shots tonight, definitely, but if they're going to be a serious team, they need a lot more. Here's a comment. I want to see improvement, and that will be success for me. The plan would be great. Totally agree with that, right? And, and, I think if you're the Raptors team, you just want to see improvement. You got a young squad. All you need is is an improvement. Porzingis is a master class tonight. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, another comment. Like the fact that it was not a blowout loss. Yeah, I mean, you don't really want that, especially not at home early on. But hey, you get back at it on Monday night. And you get a chance. I mean, the Bulls team looks a lot different. Obviously, they got Lonzo Ball and they got DeMar DeRozan. So expectations are there, are different in Chicago. Plus, it'll be a full year with Vucevic. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what Chicago has to offer as well, just in terms of a team that has some expectations. Plus, a familiar face in DeMar DeRozan, right? So a lot of just different interesting subplots for Monday. And, you know, DeRozan will always be an interesting figure in this city for sure. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, there'll be more games against him now because obviously he plays on the Bulls, right? So as mentioned, we'll be back on Monday night as the Raptors take on the Chicago Bulls trying to get back to 500. And that's because... They fall to the Dallas Mavericks. Raptors lose 103 to 95. Luka Doncic had 16 points in the second half, 27 points total. He was helped out a ton by Tim Hardaway Jr., who had 25 points, including 7 for 11 from 3 on the Raptors side of things. OG Ananobi, 20 points in the first half, but only 3 in the second half as the Raptors' offense just stalled. They got not much from the bench at all. And that's a problem going forward. Depth on the second night of a back-to-back -back is an issue. It was an issue for them last year. And in their first back-to-back -back this year, things didn't go well. 
Remember, last season they were 3-13 and on the second night of a back-to-back. Not a good look. And that's after being first in the NBA for the previous three seasons prior to last year. Make sense? Either way, bottom line, they have depth issues. Hopefully they can get back on track at home against DeMar DeRozan and company. And we will be right here to do that with you on this Wrap It Up podcast because we are here live and interactive after each and every Toronto Raptors game, taking your comments and questions live. Remember, if you missed the podcast live, we got you covered wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple, on Spotify, on YouTube. Like and subscribe to the YouTube page. If you want to know how you support the YouTube page, just bless us with a like. We don't ask for much. Just ask you to click a button. I mean, you're there. You're watching anyways, right? What's a like? It's a click of a button. Really appreciate you guys tuning into this to Wrap It Up podcast. As mentioned, my name is Sheldon Alexander. And I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.